Welcome to Grandpa Hill's True Stories. This is Grandpa Hill, Don Hill. I'm coming on to tell you thank you for listening. There's a little bit of noise in the background. That's um, several grandchildren and children upstairs while I put this little preface to today's story. The Great Michigan Viking. In a couple of minutes, you will hear the first part of the Great Michigan Bicycle Trip. Why did we do it? To be on our own. We were sure we could do it. It was a 500-mile trip in a couple of weeks or less on bicycles. There's a great sense of independence to be away on your own at the age of 16. We had to make our money last, make our food last, make our water last, keep our bikes running. We naively thought that just about everybody would be kind and friendly to us, and many people were. The biggest surprise that started on the first day and didn't stop for the whole trip was on how surprisingly terrible we were treated by some strangers. People that were mean, mean before they met us, mean to us. They never met us. The best I can figure today is that we were seen as different by some and never were given the chance to show them how good we actually were. The experience did not harden me against those that are different, nor against those that offended us along the way. Rather, it caused me to cautiously treat others with less prejudice. The story is dedicated to my family, to my children, my grandchildren, and all children. The dedication and the story is with the hope that those that listen will know me more and that they may come to know more and more about how they can live, what is possible as they learn to think, laugh, and live. Adventure, challenge, what are those today? We knew it would be challenging. We knew we had an uncertain outcome. Heck, without the challenge, it wouldn't be much of an adventure. Nothing virtual about this adventure. It was so real. We lived it. Portions of it and the emotions evoked and the wisdom gained are permanently part of me. You just never know what taking a few seconds to do something for someone else will do for them. When you tell someone something, such as these stories, or share with them your experience, there's a little investment, a little risk, and a lot of reward. Mostly Grandma and I find the reward 
in self-esteem, and in knowing that some people are helped. So on with the great Michigan bicycle trip. A true story about me and my love of adventure. I hope you enjoy and share this podcast widely as you think, laugh, and live. Grandpa, please tell a story. Um, Robin, can you Okay, sit down. We're getting ready. There we go. Welcome to Grandpa Hill's True Stories. I'm going to tell you a story about one of the most fantastic things that ever happened to me that I wasn't ready to do, but I really wanted to do it. You ever had anything that you really want to do, but you're really not quite... I, I have something to do. Uh, yeah, jump out of a maple tree. Jump out of a maple tree? No, jump out of a red forest tree. Yeah, well, how, how old do you think I was in this story? Twelve. I was 16. I could already drive a car. But I still wanted to go on a bike trip with my friends. For the adventure. You ever do things for adventure? If you listen, you might know everything you shouldn't do. If you were ready to go on a trip and you had to do some camping... You know that your daddy would do what? He'd prepare. He'd get like a. I I try to write down some things that I remember, like like a mess kit, a suitcase, (laughs) yes, and hat, poncho, water bottle, flashlight, matches, tinder. We might take a trowel. Toilet paper, maybe, and maybe some clean clothes. Yep. What do you think I packed on my bicycle? Where are you going to pack all that stuff? Who had a list? I worked. Nobody. I know that we all wanted to go on a hike. We were going to go on this bicycle hiking trip type thing. We are going to drive, pedal, pedal, pedal. And we had it all planned out, different places that we were going to stop. I can One of the places... I can my Like on the first day, I know you're excited. Or you can come over here and sit with me and then talk. I'll sit on the sidewalk. Oh, okay. You can sit on the sidewalk. So or porch. Here. We didn't have a list. And the plan was to meet up. We've been hoping to do this for the longest time. For the beginning, I was going to make this trip with my friend Bill. But my friend Bill and I was not enough for my mom and dad. That is, mom and dad wanted four people to go. At least three, but preferably four. So I had to go and find other people to go. One of his names was Bill Fisher. Then he had a friend named Dean. I don't know Dean's last name. Dean was 15, Bill Fisher had maybe just turned 16, and I was 16, and my friend Bill was 17. So, we were all really smart boys, right? So we you weren't actually smart. I don't know. You'll have to decide that when you hear the story. 
Okay, so when we get ready to go, we're all together. No, we're not. We just say, oh, I'll pedal over to your house, Bill, and then we'll pedal over to, to um, Bill Fisher's house, and then Dean will come to Bill Fisher's house, and we'll all leave from there. So first I get to Bill's house, and I realize that we're not very, we're not, we're not ready to go. So we did have a water bottle, did have a poncho, we did have a sleeping bag, and we did have a tent. Yeah. But if you've ever ridden on bicycles, that gets to be a pretty heavy load for the bicycle. So one of the bikes had like saddlebags in the back, you know, those metal carriers that you might put newspapers in. That held a lot of stuff. And then there was another bike with some room up front, and then we might have some on our backs, too. It's pretty bulky for pedaling bikes. Very good. Okay, so the way, the way this happens, though, is that one of the things that we didn't have very much of, food. Yeah, we didn't think about all the food we were going to eat. And then we had a water bottle. If you've been pedaling a bicycle for 20 miles, how much water do you think you might want? Like five water bottles? Yes, we had one. So we were always out of water. Yeah, we were always out of water. We had to stop and get water and buy water and all that stuff. is silly. Even if we had two water bottles, it still wouldn't be enough. Because it's like... You're 16. You should know. Yeah, I should know. But we didn't know. So we're getting ready to go. What things do you think we did bring that we didn't need? A knife. A Bowie knife. One with seven inches of steel. A little heavy, bit heavy. heavy, heavy, and dangerous and big. And what's wrong with it? Yeah. So anyway, we get on. We on our trip. We're all together, and we leave. We're planning on going the first day, kind of easy, maybe about fifty miles. Okay. Fifty miles on the first day. That's a long way. Yes, it's a long we're way. Have to buy a lot of and we were going straight up. Rochester Road, out of Rochester, Michigan. We kept on going and going and going. We went through a town called Lakeville, where I used to go and fish with my dad and my brothers. And by then, people were starting to get tired. Oh, we kept on going and going, and we were going, and the bikes were running good. And then something happened. Somebody wrecked. Ah, well, yes, they did. Actually, someone did wreck. This was just our first day. We were pedaling along. All four of us were going down a hill, and this pickup goes down past us, the old pickup, and then the pickup passes us, and then it turns around and comes up behind us, and then it goes to pass us again, going down the hill, and this time, there's a bunch of boys in the back of the pickup, and they are throwing rocks. They're throwing rocks at us. But that's what we go like, why? Why would they be hassling us? We had no idea that that's what we were going to run into. We, we, we were not like prepared. That. We did not have helmets on. We did not have anything to protect us from the rocks, and they hurt. Were they like little rocks? Yeah, like, you know, like that size. Like the, like the broken up big gravel. Oh. And they were whipping them at us. Stones. No, oh, no, no. We said, oh, boy. You know, they went on, and they were gone. And we continued down that big, long hill, and we get down to the big, long hill. 
and we no, we see the pickup truck again. But it was up in the driveway. Now we're gonna go past the house. And when they go past the house, now they throw water. It was up on the hill. It was up on they they were they were up above the road. Their their house property and the driveway was kind of cut into the hill to walk to go up. So they're outside. They you have put on your no just no we did not. <laughs> they have five gallon buckets. And they throw it at us. The whole bucket? No, not the whole bucket, just all the water. And then one of us slides, the other one stops. I fall down and I'm on the pavement. And do you think I'm happy? No. No. Hit those. Yeah, exactly what I wanted. I wanted to go hit those. Okay, so, yeah, the rocks are about that big. So the, the water's down on the ground. So I wanted to fight. What do you think I did? I I got up off the pavement and I reached into my pack. I pulled out my knife. Because I was going to fight. I was going to fight like maybe about 10 boys. Mm, yeah. 10 boys. That's yeah. a knife. Yeah. And my other friend was running up the hill with me. He didn't have a knife. And then the other two would follow. So all four of us would go up the hill. But if you know the Battle of Gettysburg, you, if you fighting uphill is a bit hard. I got... Lay down and crawl. Just a minute. Lay down and I got crawl. halfway up the hill. And what do you think I saw? What? The enemy. I saw ten boys. They're all lined up. And the dad, a dad, and two German shepherds. They are going, they're just, kind of, oh yeah, they were mean. So, but I was running, I was ready to hurt them if I could. Because I knew they were just going to keep hurting me. So I was going to fight. I wasn't just going to put my hand over my head and let them laugh and, or come down the hill and kick me around or something but I'm halfway up the hill and I'm in the lead Bill's over here the other Bill's back there and Dean's getting up ready to come up the hill and I'm going up the hill and all of a sudden it's like cannon you know two German shepherds that want to get loose and the dad said one more step and he has his hands on the latches and I'm letting them go one more step, and he would have let both of them go. And they would have come charging down the hill and start biting us and stuff. So what did I do? Did I fight the dogs with my knife? Maybe. What do you think I did? <laughs> yeah, no, you don't have to know the answer, but you do have to make a decision. This is what Throw I... your knife at the dog. No, but I did throw my knife. Not a bad guess. No. I started to realize how stupid I was to have a knife in my hand facing ten boys, a man, and two dogs. Literally. Uphill. <laughs> so, so what did I do? Went down, put your knife away. No, 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 I can't do that. I, I went like this. 
with by turning away, you know, turning away from more. Through the knife, went down which is about 15 feet from me, like about as far away from here to the picnic table. But it's all like weeds in the drain. Okay, so about that far away, down into the grass, you know, the, the drain, the cattails and muddy water, whatever. And then we're standing there. We're down at the bottom of the hill looking up at these guys, and they're looking down at us. Now what? We just get up and leave? No. He says, just stay where you are. The county sheriff will be here in a few minutes. And he's going to have to have an explanation about how you tried to attack us with that knife. But you could also That's say... That's what they, It wouldn't matter what we said. We told him... When the county sheriff got there, we told them all these things they did to us with the rocks and the water and everything else. And then the county sheriff asked me, I said, did you have, he asked me, did you have a knife? And I said, yes, I did. And I said, where's the knife? And I said, it's somewhere in the bushes there. And he had those ten boys looking for that knife. The dad did. Here's the thing. They didn't find the knife. Meanwhile, we were sitting in the patrol car answering questions about where we were, where our parents were, and all the rest of this. Because remember, we're just boys. Older boys, but we're still out and about. <laughs> so, that wasn't very good. And we think we're about to be arrested or taken home. We don't know. And then, another policeman shows up. He's in a blue car. He's not Lapeer County Sheriff anymore. He is... Is no. he a higher rank or lower rank? No, no, no. He's a, he's a different rank. He's got the, a little city that's up ahead. It's called... North Branch, Michigan. And that police officer quickly became one of my favorite law enforcement officials. He had some... He had, some, I'll, he had I'll, something to tell... The other thing about those boys doing stuff in his thing? <laughs> yeah. But it's still outside of his district. It's outside of his city. So the, the blue uniform, blue car, he pulls up, pulls back around, gets out, and he starts talking to this county sheriff. And they'll tell him something about you know those boys, and they know about the trouble that they keep having here. So the nice young county sheriff listened to the whole thing, and this is how they decided to settle it. The, the new police officer, the city police officer for the north, it wasn't really a city, it's like a village. So he comes up and he says, I will take care of these boys. So then, we go all get on our bikes, and we pedal behind the police car. The police car escorts us into the village, it's about two miles, okay, to get there. So we go those two miles. Then he has a stop. I felt like I was in a, like a parade. I'd never been able to follow a police car anywhere. <laughs> so anyway, so we're following the police we car. Afraid, no, we weren't afraid. We were happy. We were leaving those trouble guys behind. This guy said he'd take care of us and get us safely into the village where he did have jurisdiction in that village. And he knows everybody in the village. It's just a small little town. So he goes up to this house. Next to the house is this big field. And he talks to the owner of the house. 
and that's where we stay that night. We make our camp on the, in that little next to the house, like like a big field, like this type of thing here where you live. So we're off in the field. We're away from the house. There's a little tree line, so they don't even see us. And then you know we just try to leave the place nice, like tread lightly, like don't leave a mess when we're when we're done. So everything's been buried and everything's taken care of, and we go on our merry way the next day. But that's the end of day one. Oh. Now. What did we learn in day one? We learned we are going to have a lot of trouble eating and drinking. Those are the two things we... And our sleeping bags were way too heavy. And our tent was way too heavy. Yeah, and we didn't bring enough food. So we got used to inter eating some very interesting meals. Yeah, it gets pretty bad. But So when we get ready to go, we didn't kill any goats. But when we got ready to go... The next day, we're going to go to day two of the biking trip. This story is not about getting water bottles and getting prepared. Okay, This story has a lot to do with safety and getting along with other people. It is, one of the, it is probably the most exciting day. Because it starts in the very beginning of the morning with a lot of blood. And the blood is coming out of one of the bikers. So who do you think was bleeding? Who got cut? How did we deal with being cut when we're out in a field without parental authorizations, without cell phones, without medical insurance cards? or anything like that, we had a problem. And that's how day two started, and it will be covered in the next episode of the Great Michigan Bicycle Trip. Thanks for listening.